Peer Talk, a dialogue with business owners just like you. Peer Talk conversations run the gamut of business challenges facing owners today. The host of Peer Talk is Dan Crowley, founder and owner of Peer Executive Groups, which provides a safe space for owners to share their experience, grow their businesses, and learn from their peers. Okay, welcome to Peer Talk. There are a number of great business owners out there, just like yourself, who would love to share their experiences with you, and we hope to give them a voice. Today's guest is Glenn Lepo in part two of a two-part series with him. He is the president and CEO of Lepo Equipment and Lepo Rents in Ohio, as well as many other states in the nation. Uh, For a full curriculum vitae, please check out Podcast One. Plenty of information there on the background of Glenn. Today, Glenn unpacks the role of the president versus the role of the owner and other people strategy issues. Enjoy today's session. With that, I'd like to segue into um, our last topic, uh, which really has to do with the people strategy of Aleppo. Um, you know, you've now documented your your vision. You have a feel for where you're going. Y- you may take that vision and say, and by the way, this is what we're going to look like 10 years from now. Um, but ultimately, um, to know that you're proceeding the right way with that, you're going to have to measure and uh, you know, tying that back to your people, I wanted you to kind of unpack the role of a president versus the role of an owner. Um, I think that that can be very confusing for our members, and it's hard to you know wear different hats at different times, and also when they want to start replace themselves. We have some uh, owners who have been in search of a president for probably fifteen years. <laughs> so, so how do you how do you do that? What how does Lepo handle you know the breakdown on roles and having the right people in the right places uh i got lucky um to to some degree actually one of ironically one of our uh peer group members from from the mm-hmm. what now is called premier uh got a resume from somebody who was looking for a job in chicago but happened to live in my backyard um he been let go from a previous employer uh, during the downturn and in their business. And uh, Terry was the guy in Chicago who, who sent me this guy's resume. His name's John uh, and said, this guy has got way too much horsepower for us, but maybe you need him. And so had a lot of conversations with John. He came on board and my plan from the get go was for him to become the person who ran the business on a day-to-day basis, whatever title you want to put that on. I, we, we called it president. Um, he's now COO, uh, has some presidents reporting to him, but that's all the structural title stuff. Uh, the reality is he's the person who runs the business on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, but it took five, six, seven years for him to get to that point. I mean, he's a Naval Academy grad. He's a bright, brilliant guy. He's all those kinds of things, but he needed to understand our core values. He needed to understand how we do business. He needed to understand the industry because he came from Granger and a uniform rental for outfit. So he had some idea of distribution and rental, but not anything in our industry. So, you know, we spent the time, put him through different positions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but he was clearly the right person. And 
So he has the same executive coach I did for a long time, and he switched coaches since then. In fact, my whole leadership team has executive coach of some flavor or another that they that they see. Um, wow, that's good. yeah, that's it's probably a little unique. Uh, yeah, but it helps them work through issues. So anyhow, mm-hmm. um, you really need to find a person and be willing to, I mean, it's going to take you five years to me, anyhow, to uh, develop somebody to be able to take that role of, mm-hmm. of you trust them enough that they're going to do the right thing for the business on a day-to-day basis. And then you have to let them go and you have to not mm-hmm. step, you need to never unround, you know, end run them. Somebody comes to mm-hmm. you and you go, well, in my case, I say, well, did you talk to John about that? What's John think? And, you know, it doesn't take very long. You do that half a dozen times, the word gets out. Don't go to Glenn. He's just going to tell you, go to John. So go to John. And if John has an issue, John elevates it to me. Uh, We Mm -hmm. have every week what we call same page meeting. And we just talk through whatever he sees, whatever I see. We make sure we're on the same page. So. So, So same page meeting, that's fascinating. So you're... So does that happen only at the CEO to president level, or I'm sorry, owner to president level, or does it happen at different levels in your com- in your company? Uh, the that exact meeting is is really just at in EOS terms the visionary to what's called the integrator. John is the integrator in EOS. Uh, he basically integrates all the operational side. Um, mm-hmm. But similar meetings occur. We have everybody in the company all the leadership team and, and just to explain who the leadership team is. It's myself, John, uh, we have three business segments. We call them, uh, one is the Bobcat side of the business. One's the access equipment. And then one is the oil and gas. So we have three different segments of the business. So those three are operating presidents. Uh, the CFO actually still reports to John, uh, the CTO, the guy's technology and marketing, uh, reports to John. So those folks report to John, um, everybody except, John and my assistant, who's also John's assistant and, and, and our CFO's assistant. So I have one and a third re- direct reports. Uh, so anyhow, uh, everybody should be having one-on-ones with their people. So our location managers all have one-on-ones with their boss, who is generally the segment president. Mm-hmm. So we, okay. we believe in one-on-one meetings on a regular basis, at least, now, do you- at least monthly. So the so staying on the same page obviously is critical. Um, and you're as an owner, you're very verbal and and are able to share that. But not all owners are created equal, right? So not everybody has the ability to kind of verbalize their their vision. They need to continue to do that. What about um, do you guys use for the role? Do they get a job description? Uh, what we really have is what's called an accountability chart. Uh, which most people would call an organizational chart. Um, Mm -hmm. But it really sets fairly clearly what's your balls, what's yours to handle. Uh, And anybody who's a manager, their first role is what's called LMA, uh, lead, manage, and hold accountable the people who work for you. So making it clear that your first job is to be a manager. Uh, It's not to run the store. It's not to interact with customers. It's to manage the people who work for you because even we undervalue uh, management skills uh, Mm -hmm. as an organization. We tend to like people who are very technically competent, but the reality is a good manager makes a huge difference. 
Mm -hmm. Do you, um, so along those lines, I love that LMA, by the way, it's great. So do you prescribe to a specific type of leadership training that you commit to, or is there any kind of um, commitment to understanding behavior, behavioral analysis inside your company, anything like that? Well, we've really dedicated a lot of time to developing our managers. Got it. And so we've worked with a local university, Akron University, and uh, we have courses that we've sent essentially our people. Nobody else is in the course, so I guess they're more or less one-on-one. But we'll send 10, 12 managers to a course on uh, understanding financials was the most recent one. But, yeah, they've also had courses in leadership uh, having crucial conversations, um, you know, all the things that you need to do to be a good manager. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, it did, was not without controversy starting on this development of people path. It was, it was tough. Yeah. Uh, my brother struggled with it because we were spending a lot of money and time, weren't seeing a lot of results for a while. It took two or three years before all the location managers got to the point where we could actually trust them not not in a negative trust standpoint, but to make good decisions that were they understood enough of the picture, both from a financial standpoint and you know gross margin and and all the things that they needed to understand that they were focusing a lot of energy in the wrong places rather than focusing their energy where it needed to be focused. And so it just took time. Uh, and it was a lot of money and a lot of time getting there, but now that we're there, we we couldn't be where we are without it. Do you guys, you know, one of the things I always wondered about Lepo, do you, do you prescribe to the think like an owner mindset or are you more like, uh, we don't really want to have too much of their energy focused erroneously. We want them to really buckle it down into their particular uh, cog in the wheel, so to speak. Um, I would say there's a fair amount of think like the owner. Um, okay. Not completely, but we... Uh, try to have, particularly at the leadership team level, I mean, their, their compensation is structured. Uh, when I get a distribution from the company, they get a distribution from the company. When we make a bunch of money and the value of the company grows, they make a bunch of money. And they're, you know, so they get uh, tied into the success. Uh, they own part of the real estate along with us. Uh, so we we've really tried to tie particularly the leadership team level. And then as you work down through the organization, mm-hmm. uh, the location managers, as they continue to develop, uh, we try and bring more and more of the ownership thought process into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really depends on where they are. If you try and get too far ahead, uh, you can get yourself in trouble um, because they, you know, you have to have the whole picture. And if you don't have the whole picture, it can be a little bit of a challenge. So, you really need to see where your people are, meet them where they are, and then just continually kind of ramp it up a little bit, teach them a little more, give them a little more information, share a little more, you know, financial information, whatever it is, give them more opportunities. I, ARA has a great program on financials, I think, that uh, some of our people have taken. So there, there's opportunities out there, but you really got to work through that whole process with people. Got it. Okay. And so from evaluating performance, it does sound um, that there is quite a bit of holistic conversation and maybe more of a coaching perspective than a hardball uh, evaluation of of performance, right? Something more along the lines of um, 
uh, subjective type of uh, conver- conversation with those key people. Does that sound right? Or? Yeah, we, uh, we have what we call quarterly conversations. Uh, everybody should be getting a quarterly, and we're not perfect at this. We've, we're trying to get it down to at least the, the people who work for the leadership team to have a conversation uh, on a quarterly basis. And it's basically just that basic stuff of the, do you have the four core values and where are you, where do we see you doing great on that? And where maybe you're slipping a little bit. And then there's also associated with the role being the right person in the right seat. Um, you know, do you get the job? Do you want the job? Do you have the capacity to do the job? There are the things we need to do to build your capacity mm-hmm. uh, so that you can do a better job. Those things all come into play. And yeah, it's much more of a coaching uh, philosophy than anything else. It's, it's not a rigorous sit down with a 50 checklist, you know, have you done this, 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 uh, but, uh, more of a coaching mentoring process. Got it. Okay. Well, the, the last part of that really is, um, you know, for the members, uh, the role of an owner, how do I self score if I'm an owner uh, I'd be curious to know, you know, your opinion on that. We've had some recent changes inside the peer groups with regard to metrics and conversations that are happening uh, on a quarterly basis, which I look at it almost like a, it's a KPI scorecard, but I almost feel like it's almost like an owner scorecard. Um, what, how do you determine if you, if you go in the right direction as a, as a owner? Well, I really view the owner as having two major pieces. Uh, one is the is the pure financial return. It's not necessarily my scorecard, but it's how I judge. In this case, John, um, uh, how is the business performing from a financial standpoint? I have my criteria that I expect, and are we doing that? Uh, because that's what ultimately determines how many distributions I can get from a dollar standpoint, and and what the value of the company is. Mm-hmm. Is what's our profitability? And what's what we focus on return on asset. What's what's our profitability divided by the number of assets we have? Because you know, generating a million dollars of profit sounds great. If you have ten million dollars worth of assets, that's fantastic. But mm-hmm. if you have a hundred million dollars worth of assets, it's not not quite as impressive. Is that so, sorry? Is that ROA? Is that based on net assets or um, original asset costs? Uh, net assets. Net assets. Appreciated okay. assets. Okay, got it. So it's a little distorted by whatever you use for a depreciation schedule, but you know, as long as you're consistent, the measure stays relatively consistent. So uh, that's our primary financial target is is ROA, but um, but the second, the really the I guess in some ways tougher piece is the culture. Gotcha. Are we meeting, staying within the culture of what we want to do? Mm. Uh, I think back. Uh, had a manager who was doing pretty well on the ROA standpoint. He, he was running the business. He was doing, he was running a couple of stores, uh, doing a pretty good job, but he, he tended to not treat his people like I want him to be treated. Um, was not the caring as before I had the care part in there, but it just wasn't part of his way of doing business. And, uh, my coach, my executive coach said, I know you feel like this person can turn around, but are they worth the investment that it's going to take to get them there? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and ultimately, he had another opportunity, and we encouraged him to take that opportunity. And, and uh, we're still friends, get along fine. He's a good person, uh, just, not, just not a perfect fit for us. So, um, you know, really, to me, I, I hold the LEPA way, and not just because it's my name, but that's my job is to uh, what I call shepherd or, or be a steward of the company. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the steward who passes it from my brother to whoever's next, which at this point is going to be my son. Uh, and my job is to leave it better than when I got it. So, and, and if he does his job, it'll be better when he hands it off to the next person, whoever that is, uh, than when he got it. Outstanding. That's great. Well, that actually uh, gives us a, a good pause here, um, and uh, and I appreciate all your time today. What about um, what have you been doing? What are you reading? What are you doing to uh, sharpen the saw? Continue to to keep yourself uh, as sharp as you can in terms of uh, anything you're reading recently or listening to. Or actually, I'm rereading some classics, uh, Seven Habits from Stephen Covey. Got it. Um, that helped me with the uh, the personal mission statement. It's something I think most people blow right by in that book, but he recommends having a personal mission statement. Um, some books are, you know, I'm reading uh, Good to Great again. I'm reading uh, Built to Last again. Wow. Uh, classics. Uh, yeah, classic books. Um, oh, No Man's Land. Nice. Uh, I'm starting to reread. Uh, so mostly stuff that I've read before, but I just have a different way of looking at it now than I did the first time or second time or whatever I've read it. Um, so I find that I, you know, when I reread some of those classics, that there's more things in there than, than I saw the first time. So that's, that's really where I've spent a lot of my time uh, from a reading standpoint. Uh, and also, I mean, quite honestly, right now, uh, at least for the last few months, it's been keeping up with all the coronavirus uh, and regulatory and PPP and all that kind of stuff. You know, what's going on in the world? Uh, and now the racial thing has come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we had a little bit of a challenge. One of our stores that uh, down south when we moved in, some another couple businesses were displaced in the process of our moving in because we wanted the whole building and one of them was, uh, had a black business in it mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it caused a bit of a stir for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, I actually just called the owner and said, Hey, how, how are you doing? You know, some people on Facebook were claiming they were put out of business and we didn't care and all this kind of stuff. So wow. I just reached out to the owners and said, okay, you're still in business? Yeah, sure. We're doing fine. This is, you know, this is our new address. And so we put a sign up in the window saying, hey, please go support this business. And this is our new address and this is our phone number. And, but you got to do that by just reaching across and being a human being. That's uh, right. Facebook posts don't get you there. Dynamite. You're correct. That's excellent. Well, again, we appreciate you being on with us and uh, hopefully we can have you on for future uh, episodes as you continue to, Re relook through uh, some of the business classics, and as Lepo continues to wind its way up the river. Um, and again, thanks for being on, Glenn. We appreciate you. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Thanks, Dan. No problem. 
Our guest on Peer Talk today has been Glenn Lepo, CEO of Lepo Rents and Lepo Equipment. Tune in each week for more valuable content from your peers. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Peer Talk from Peer Executive Groups, produced and directed by Noah Crowley and hosted by Dan Crowley. Subscribe to this podcast for notifications of future episodes of Peer Talk.